the death of Jimi Hendrix, he must have been held down, a gallon of wine poured down his throat until he drowned. There were only 20 milligrams of alcohol in his blood when he was brought to the emergency room, which means there wasn't even enough time for that alcohol to enter his system. So the cause of death was drowning, and it looks to me like it was a forced drowning. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. And I'm Lance Wackerly. How's it going there, Wackerly? It's going good. I'm admiring, I'm admiring the uh, new t-shirt you got rocking there. The, the sword. The sword. <laughs> I've never actually seen that one, but a great band, though. Yeah, I love Nonetheless. it. Nonetheless. Retro. So, uh, Wacker, how's the week been going? Uh, it's been going okay. How's your week going? Uh, it's not bad, not bad. I, you know, I, I managed to recover from this weekend. Um, we got, once again, exceedingly drunk on a Friday night. Early. You know, it, I have... Early I have, night, but I still drunk. problems with that whole uh, drinking during happy hour, which I, th- I think I've voiced my opinion on that in the past. That you just have too many hours to drink before last call? Is no, it's... It? Okay, you guys are under a different drinking mentality than I am. I, I'm not into the happy hour thing. I like, after work, I like to come home, you know, wash my vagina for a little while, take a nap. Take a I bath think, with candles. Take a bath with some scented candles and, uh, you know, listen to some Enya, and then go out around like 9 or 10. Uh-huh. Whereas you and uh, P-Town prefer to go out right after work, not eat any food, <laughs> and just get drink for like four hours straight. Yeah, you got to plan. You got to have a late big lunch on Friday if you're going to do that. Well, dude, you, you end up just getting wasted. So, so we end up on Friday night going to uh, 83 Proof, our friend Sky's Bar, and uh, it's a great place if you ever go to San Francisco. If you're ever in San Francisco, go check it yeah. out. First, happy admission. hour can be a little busy. We we didn't go right at happy hour. We went at like probably seven thirty eight or seven yeah like seven thirty or eight. But it's like as soon as you go in there, you know, Sky's just like you know one right after another. It's beer shot, beer shot, beer shot. Uh huh. And after like you know. It's like a gauntlet of liquor. Six or seven rounds. I mean, you're pretty wasted. So you end up splitting because you went back and uh, took the bar back, right? Yeah, so I had to leave at uh, 11 or 12 or something. I think I maybe even left a little bit early because I was also pretty drunk. Well, so we were, you know, sufficiently... And I had to fly the next day down to LA. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You had to fly the next day. So we were sufficiently wasted at that point, but yet when you're at that that point of inebriation, you're just like, we got to keep drinking. So you go to the next bar. It's hard and then, to turn the switch off. Yeah, you just can't shut it off. And I mean, you should. You should be drinking water and you should go home. But no, we, we hit two more bars. And to make a long story short, the first time I've done this since high school, <laughs> I puked in my bed. Did you wake up and puke or you just woke up the next morning and like, oh, look, look who I slept with? No, I my actually... vomity, vomit puddle. <laughs> no, I actually woke up. And realized I was just too drunk to even get out of bed and, you know, clamber over to the, uh, the, the bathroom. Uh-huh. So I just kind of like leaned over and just puked just all over the side of my bed and then slept in it, <laughs> which is uh, always gratifying <laughs> to nice, wake up the next that's a morning. Nice image. 
Yeah, and you know, it was weird. I mean, there was no food in there because I didn't eat anything. It was just all like the beer and, and liquor. Yeah. But it made me, once again, weigh my own mortality. Mm-hmm. And well, I was supposed to sleep on your stomach if you're really drunk. Yeah, but you don't think about that. You no, just you pass do. out in bed. I mean, I was fully clothed. You're also supposed to brush your teeth. Did you do that? <laughs> and take your contacts out yeah. and, yeah, you know, put on your dressing not, gown. Not sleep with your shoes on. I just passed out, I think, yeah, I think I passed out face down in my bed. And I got up and puked all over it and then slept in the puke. But when I woke up the next morning, I was thinking, you know, I could have died last night. Uh-huh. And Living alone. Well, yeah, it's living alone. Business. I mean, you could die, but but I mean, think about in in the history of rock and roll, how many rockers have perished by choking on their own vomit? I mean, uh, Bon Scott from ACDC, John Bonham from uh, Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. Keith Moon. Uh, uh, that might have been an overdose. Janis Joplin? Did she also? Did Janis Joplin choked on her puke? Choked on her puke. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, and didn't he uh, uh, choke on his puke? Yeah. So I, I, it got me thinking. You know, everyone knows that these these rockers, they died. And it's like, oh, yeah, one of the famous rock, in the annals of rock history. These guys, you know, choked on their own vomit. Do you think I would go down in podcasting history? <laughs> D. Simon, you know, host, you know, one half of the, the host of a successful podcast choked in his vomit last night. Um, um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be on CNN. <laughs> Do you think it'd be on Wikipedia? Do you think other podcasts would talk about it? How about that? Let's start there. Yeah, I guess maybe another, a couple podcasts. And then like, you know, years later when podcasting has become completely mainstream and, the, you know, there's no longer any commercial radio, people would be like, yeah, you know, one of the pioneer podcasts, Sick and Wrong, one of the hosts uh-huh. choked on his own vomit. <laughs> maybe I'm getting, maybe, maybe my ego is getting in the a, way over yeah, here. an inflated sense of yourself. But uh, would I be obligated to do a memorial episode just by myself? I don't know. I don't know. Would you actually imitate the choking on the vomit noises? Yeah, I'd have some foley <laughs> and uh, sound effects, and maybe get a you know a synthesizer to be like maybe it sounded like this. <laughs> I would hope you would do a you know some kind of memorial podcast. I would great. hope that at least the podcasting <laughs> convention that they do every year that we went to one time would have a memorial ceremony or some kind of tribute. That'd be nice. Yeah, a stage act, I would think. I mean, I would like interpretive dance with yep. those sticks with the streamers on it. Maybe all those really hot women that attended the convention would get up and do like some kind of topless dance. Topless, sure. Why not? You know, um, I mean, how many hot women were there? If, as I recall, at least like one and a half. <laughs> I'm not sure. But no, you, so, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about Jimi Hendrix and the way he died. And then, here's my segue. This is an excellent segue. Yes. I read an article about the new book, about the mysterious circumstances surrounding Jimi Hendrix's death. I haven't heard about this book. I thought he just OD'd and, yeah, like like we said, choked on his puke. Well, the circumstances of Hendrix's death have always been cause for speculation, the subject of conspiracy theorists. Okay. Yeah, they um, people have always claimed that there was a conspiracy. People th- thought that he's he was murdered, and that there were was the, no way. Were the Freemasons involved or the Illuminatus? <laughs> Dude, I think Jimi Hendrix might have been assassinated by the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> every no, but, every <laughs> good conspiracy theory has to have some nefarious organization. The government had to kill Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, you know he was the freeing shadow, minds. The shadow government. He, he was liberating minds. It's yeah. Hendrix and Kennedy. But uh, no, so people, common knowledge here is that Hendrix died in September 18th, 1970. Um, 
who died in London under circumstances which have never been fully explained. Um, according to the woman whose apartment, their hotel room or whatever that he was, uh, he was in, her name was Monica Daneman. Uh, she claimed that the evening before, Hendrix had taken nine of her Vesperax sleeping pills. And according to the doctor who initially attended to him, Hendrix had asphyxiated, literally drowned in his own vomit, which was mainly red wine. Sleeping pills and red wine, not a good combination. Not a good combination. So I, I wasn't on any pills. I just drank uh, a lot of, uh, I think it was bullet whiskey <laughs> and uh, Stella. Uh-huh. Um, so, however, her comments about that morning were contradictory. Uh, they were varying from interview to interview, and police and ambulance statements reveal that only Hendrix was found in the flat, and not only was he dead when they arrived on the scene, but he was fully clothed and had been dead for some time. Hmm. But yet, you know, this led to uh, conspiracy theories abounded. People thought, oh, you know, she might have murdered him or, you know, there's no way Hendrix could have died. But if you look at the evidence, the dude took sleeping pills and choked on his own puke. Right. But I guess they would argue, like, she could have given him all these sleeping pills or or once he was nearly passed out, made him drink all this wine or something. I mean, it was like a... a she somebody forced him to OD somehow against his will. Well, that's the theory, and so uh, or this, poison even, you know. Yeah, basically. But so the new theory here comes from uh, James Tappy Wright's new memoir called "The Rock Roadie." Apparently, James Tappy here was uh, Hendrix's rock roadie, and uh, he claims that Jimi Hendrix was murdered by his manager, who stood to collect millions of dollars on the star's life insurance policy. Uh, the manager's name was Michael Jeffrey, and uh, according to James Tappy Wright, he says Jeffrey con- drunkenly confessed to killing him by stuffing pills into his mouth and washing them down with several bottles of red wine because he feared Hendrix intended to dump him for a new manager, and uh, it would have just ruined his life. Uh-huh. Uh, in the book, so he confessed this to the roadie in a drunken... Seems like something you would keep under wraps. That's kind of the whole point. Well, I think, you know what I think it was? I think it was, uh, you know, a couple years or a year or so after Hendrix died, he was racked with guilt. He heard, like, some screeching, wailing electric guitar under the floorboards of his apartment every night. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he had this, like, complete recollection and uh, filled with remorse. I can still hear it, man. It's driving me nuts. <laughs> he was drunk, and he told uh, Tappy that in 1971, Hendrix had been worth more to him dead than alive. So he had taken out a life insurance policy on the musician worth about $2 million, 1.2 million pounds, with himself as the uh, beneficiary. Two years later, Jeffrey was killed in a plane crash. So they never actually say whether or not he ended up uh, getting the money. I imagine he did, I mean, if Hendrix died. Mm-hmm. Well, um, like any good, and this is also a good aspect of any good conspiracy theory, is like even the perpetrator, the initial perpetrator of the nefarious deed then gets killed himself and you then you can't track it back any further. Like, you know, maybe his death was also coordinated. Well, well, I mean, he died in a plane crash, so hey, I mean, I, you never know. Shadow government can get a lot done. It's the Freemasons. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, uh, describing the night of uh, Jeffrey's confession, Mr. Wright wrote in his memoir, I can still hear that conversation. See, the man I'd known for so much of my life his face pale, hand clutching at his glass in a sudden rage. He claimed, I had to do it, Tappy. You understand, don't you? I had to do it. You know damn well what I'm talking about. And then he goes on to describe the death. He says, I was in London the night of Jimmy's death, and together with some old friends, we went around to Monica's hotel room, got a handful of pills, stuffed them into his mouth, then poured a few bottles of red wine 
deep into his windpipe. So my my question is, okay, how would you do this logistically? Did, I mean, it, it would have had to been like three people holding Hendrix down. Well, you can hold his afro or his headband. <laughs> do you think they're just grabbing the headband, like, you know, one hand wrapped around the headband, the other guy, you know, holding the uh, tails of his long coat? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, how, how many people do you think it would take to shove... Hold somebody down and shove a bottle of, uh, you know, bottles of wine down your windpipe. Well, remember, he's on nine powerful sleeping pills. I think one so person So he was sedated? Yeah. He was probably, I mean, he might have even been unconscious. Well, it's said that they're together with some old friends. Uh, you know, they, they, so he's implying that there's more than one person involved. Well, or, or is it the people in his head? <laughs> the old friends in my head that tell me to do things. He says, I had to do it. That son of a bitch was going to leave me. If I lost him, I'd lose everything. So what's interesting to me is, so Jeffrey here, the manager, confessed this to Tappy Wright in 1971. Why is this information coming to light in 2009? That's a good question. Why is the book coming out now? Do you know? Maybe. I mean, he's a roadie. He's probably not the most prolific of authors. I mean, perhaps um, it, it, <laughs> it, it took him a while, while to uh, write these these memoirs down. Writing in his, uh, you know, block, boxy, uh, all capitals, <laughs> in crayon, on construction <laughs> paper. It takes a long time. And, and the ghostwriter had to decipher all these crayon, you know, symbols. He was probably resembling waiting. English. He was probably waiting for somebody to die that would either dispute his story or would be implicated. I mean... Saying that it was somebody who would the, the dude died two years after, so you'd think no, he would have just... No, but somebody else could have been involved. Or knew, had knowledge of evidence that contradicts this tappy guy's story. My bullshit detector's ringing loudly on this. I don't know. I could see it going either way. It, I it think could have been he was waiting for the person to die who would have also been implicated, and maybe he liked that dude and didn't want him to be involved. Or... Yeah, the bullshit thing is like, well, he waited for this guy to die that would have said, that's totally not true, and I have evidence otherwise, to prove otherwise of the story. Well, I think that this guy's obviously familiar with all the you know, conspiracy theories that are floating around you know, surrounding Hendrix's death, and I think this is a great way to you know, drum up some, you know, his memoir into the public eye. Uh-huh. You know, uh, gain some free publicity is, uh, by writing some inflammatory is, statement like this. Is the book like just about Hendrix's death, or is it about his whole life? No, this is just one part of the book. I think it's about being a rock roadie for like Hendrix and um, the animals and all sorts of those uh, those bands and like the psychedelic movement. (laughs) But anyway, you know, I did a little research and yeah, you know, it's it's like on the Internet. There's a there's like a bunch of clips about, you know, from uh, various documentaries of people discussing, you know, the way uh, Hendrix died. And for a long time. People did think he was murdered and held down, and uh, you know, pills were force-fed into his mouth. All right, so the theory's been out there for a while. So according to uh, the surgeon who actually dealt with Hendrix at the hospital, he said he was convinced the star had drowned in red wine, despite having very little alcohol in his bloodstream. Uh-huh. So that's actually kind of, if you think about it, it's interesting. He so says, he, I mean, he, so the first guy said he had a lot of alcohol in his stomach, but only a little in his bloodstream, so there wasn't even time for him to you know it had to have been all shoved in at once or there would have been more actually in his blood not just well he would have ingested it yes yeah uh, the, the surgeon says i recall vividly the large amounts of red wine that oozed from the stomach and his lungs and in my opinion there's no question that Jimi hendrix had drowned if not at home then on the way to the hospital which is different than choking on your own vomit right 
Well, I mean, I, the, he he wasn't drunk. I don't think he OD'd on this. I think yeah. it, the, the fact of the matter is he did. He choked on the wine. But because it was so much was poured in that it went up like past his windpipe. And that's asphyxiated drowning. him. Yeah. That's drowning. That's so, not choking on your own vomit. Choking on your own vomit is where the vomit comes up. And then, and you, then you swallow you it back, it back in, in your, your windpipe. Lung. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, just what the doctor's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the corroborative evidence here. It almost sounds like Hendrix might have been murdered. It does. Makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. I'm, I'm not sure. But Is I, this you one know, of those British socialized doctors? Because <laughs> I don't know if I trust him. So, you know, it, it led me to think, you know, a lot of rock stars have died over the years. And I almost think it's almost a good thing when rockers die in their prime. So you never have to see these fossils. You know, you, you know it's like you watch Mick Jagger... You know, cart his withered husk up onto the stage. And you're just uh-huh. kind of like, you know, this is just depressing. Well, you heard what happened at the Kiss show over the weekend, didn't you? At Shoreline no, Amphitheater? I can, I can just imagine. Well, what happened there? Uh, like six people got stabbed in the parking lot. <laughs> what? A stabbing at a Kiss show? Yeah, I'll show you the article after the show. I mean, yeah, that's what's funny. You know, it's just a bunch of like old, you know, probably a mix of white and blue collar. Not the type of show where you imagine there's going to be gang violence or something. So I, I really don't know what happened. I can't wait till the story comes out. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. I was Not like, one person. Six people were stabbed. Well, I'd like to hear Kiss's comments on this. Because you ever watch the, the movie Gimme Shelter? Yeah. Where the Stones are watching footage of the uh, Hells Angel guy stabbing. Because, they, you know, they hired the Hells Angels as security. Right. Yeah. And he's stabbing, you know, some random dude in the audience. And, you know, you listen to Mick Jagger going... Oh, dear. That shouldn't have happened. <laughs> oh, it's awful. The states are an awful, awful place. You know, I wonder if, what Gene Simmons is saying with his tongue hanging out like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you wonder about that. I don't I'm, think he's such a badass uh, anymore or probably ever was. Yeah, he slept with a lot of ladies, though. That's true. No, but what I'm saying is like Jim Morrison, you know, died 27. Hendrix died 27. You never had to see Hendrix as a big, fat, you know, 60-year-old rocker guy still trying to, uh, you know, drum up enough support to have a tour. Yeah, he did get pretty fat towards the end, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you, not old, but fat. But he yeah. didn't turn into Elvis. So anyway, I want to go real quick here through uh, a couple of the historic rock deaths, but also the most shocking deaths, like deaths that, that weren't involved, you know, involving a drug overdose or alcohol-induced. These I was were... led to believe we were going to give out some prizes, <laughs> some awards. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the sick and wrong favorite rocker deaths here. Uh, but these were unexpected deaths that took the entire world by surprise. So the uh, first category here is gun violence. A lot of rockers have succumbed to violence. Gun violence. Gun violence, you know, and violence in particular, but gun violence With is... With Phil uh, Spector, we know that he was a gun nut. He was a gun nut. Emphasis and, uh, on the nut, nutty. So, uh, you know, there's a couple people, like uh, I think we mentioned in the past, Marvin Gaye who was shot by his father. Um, Peter Tosh, the reggae artist, was uh, shot by uh, uh, robbers. Um, Tupac Shakur, a uh, gang violence, uh, along with uh, Biggie, Biggie Smalls, yes. Jam Master J. But the two favorite ones of mine here are um, Johnny Ace. I don't know, have you ever heard of Johnny Ace? No. <laughs> Johnny Ace, was, he was a kind of an R&B rhythm blues artist in the 50s. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty cool guy. White guy or black guy? Black guy. Okay. Uh, when filming a TV show in Belgium, uh, it was kind of dull. There was some downtime. Really? And the Belgian was... blues scene isn't <laughs> going off? I, I just think uh, the, the Belgian media isn't all that fascinating. Okay. Uh, it was dull enough for uh, Johnny Ace, apparently, to play a game of Russian roulette with his girlfriend. 
I imagine it was a forced game of Russian roulette, much like Phil Spector used to enjoy playing. Not anymore, though. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, basically, a, ment- uh, a mental Johnny Ace was frolicking backstage with his gun during the commercial uh, five-minute commercial break, forcing his girlfriend and his friend to play Russian roulette with him when it was his turn. He pointed the gun to his head, and it went off. So that's he ended up uh, shooting himself. Yeah. But that's not the that he doesn't get the sick and wrong award for the favorite gun violent death. Really? That goes to seems like a hard act to follow. Yeah, well, you know, Russian roulette, <laughs> but it's self inflicted. Particularly on the talk show. Well, <laughs> our first guest just died. Uh, now we uh, have uh, Julia Child. I mean, but do you think <laughs> She's it was come like, on cook a chicken? <laughs> yeah, you're on in five minutes. Oh, <laughs> oh no, not ready. Not um, ready. <laughs> no, not yet. I think the award for the best violent death goes to Dimebag Daryl of uh, Pantera and Damage Plan. And if you recall, Dimebag Daryl was the uh, guitarist in Pantera. Uh-huh. And uh, b- basically this happened in uh, 2004 while performing with his band Damage Plan. He was shot on stage by a paranoid schizophrenic former U.S. Marine named Nathan Gale. He was shot three times in the head, killing him instantly. PTSD. Oh, totally. And the guy even was, you know, he was carrying like three firearms on him. Uh, three <laughs> don't, other they, people... don't they have security at these places? I mean, every time I go to a show, you get patted down and then, you know, the guy's grabbing the back of your balls. Yeah, but this is in like, you know, rural Columbus, you know, Columbus, Ohio. Where's, uh, where's that? It's a free for all. Yeah. I mean, he was. It, it's a decent sized town. I think University of Ohio is there. Yeah, I Ohio guess, State I mean, University, you'd think that they so. would uh, have security at this club, but I mean, who knows? It's, 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 it's probably it's not, just some Hesher bar, you know? Yeah, and it's damage plan. Who really cares about Dimebag Daryl? They couldn't afford security. But the fact that he died in a salvo of bullets on stage. It was a pretty big deal at the time. Dude, he was going out rocking. No, I remember True. that, yeah. I mean, the, the guy's a crack shot there, too. So the second category here is fatal flying machines. And, you know, a lot of rockers have died, um, you know, in uh, a helicopter accidents, Stevie Ray Vaughan. True. Um, airplane accidents. Uh, one, one case in point here is uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Yeah, three for one deal there. <laughs> three for one deal. Um, John Denver. John Denver, yeah. He was he flying went. the plane himself, which is never a good idea. Oh, what about Leonard Skinner's Ronnie Van Zant? Yeah, small yep. plane. The, uh, I heard the other day that... He didn't actually die from the plane crash, although everybody else did. They were, like, beheaded by the glass and stuff. But he actually died because they had all the band equipment, like drums and cymbals and shit, that, like, crushed him in the plane. Like, if, they, if the band equipment hadn't have been there, he probably would have walked away. You think even Irony. he would have survived impact? Yes. Wow, killed by his own drum set. Now, the sick and wrong award that goes to the best fatal machine death here would be Randy Rhodes. Randy Rhodes was the uh, guitarist, lead guitarist. Wasn't he of, killed by a crazy <clears throat> train or something? No, <laughs> despite popular belief. Randy Rhodes was uh, in Ozzy Osbourne's band. This is post-Sabbath. Uh, March 19th, 1982, Ozzy's tour bus driver, Andrew Aycock, took Rhodes and hairdresser Rachel Youngblood on a flight in a Beechcraft Bonanza that he had taken without permission. What, a Beechcraft what? Bonanza? That's a type of plane? <laughs> Sounds like what? a shitty buffet. <laughs> What what is that like? One of those like uh, single engine? It must be a very Cessna plane. type of planes yeah. or something like that. I I'm interested that he brought his hairdresser with her with him her sorry faux pop that was like the total that was the era of mega 
big band big hair. huge band hair but i mean who else is going to give blowjobs during the flight well plus i'm sure his hair needed to be re-sprayed with aquanet every 15 minutes <laughs> he was a rocker yeah. an 80s rocker what i find interesting is the fact that they were just wasted and he's like dude let's take that plane yeah all right Sounds like a good idea. But he wasn't flying it. He had a pilot friend. The tour bus driver. Okay. So apparently during the flight, an attempt was made to buzz the tour bus where the other band members were sleeping. Fly low and close to it right over the top. Yeah, they succeeded two times, but the third attempt went awry. The uh, right wing clipped the left side of the tour bus by accident, leading to the crash of the plane into a nearby mansion. (laughs) Whose mansion do we know? Uh, Calhoun. I'm not sure. Some wealthy person. Rory Calhoun? I doubt it. (laughs) Nobody in the mansion was hurt, but Rhodes, age 25, was killed instantly. Do you think Flying High Again was written for Randy? Sounds plausible, but I have a sneaking suspicion that Randy Rhodes actually played guitar on that song. So maybe okay, not. maybe it's written before, or maybe it was one of those weird things where they spliced the guitar in later from some other previous song he was playing. But it sounds reasonable that Ozzy Osbourne would write some kind of idiotic song like that. Yeah, true. To commemorate his dead friend. You might be right. So the second category here is rock suicides, of which there have been many. A couple of note here: Nick Drake. Uh-huh. Uh, Nick Drake died His parents of, uh, don't agree with that, by the way. They still think that he accidentally OD'd. <laughs> Even if you <laughs> listen to every one of his songs, they're completely suicidal. But well, okay. What I find kind of, uh, I mean, sort of ironic is that he died on antidepressants. So he took like an overdose of antidepressants. Yeah, and he died in his parents' house. <laughs> I mean, t- talk about depressing. Jesus Christ. Uh, Ian Curtis from Joy Division hung himself in the kitchen right before their first U.S. tour. Couldn't handle the fame. Couldn't handle the fame. Kurt Cobain, another one that couldn't handle the fame. I I have a problem with this, the Kurt Cobain thing. Well, I don't understand why. I mean, dude, Kurt Cobain blew his head off. Right. That's not, I don't have a problem with that. Although, yes, it's a tragedy. But don't you think our generation, the Generation X or late Generation X or whatever the fuck we are, blow that out of proportion when they they make statements that like he was our John Lennon? And- dude, he achieved icon status. Name Name another rocker. Who I mean was so influential in the early nineties, mid nineties. I don't think he Papa was the, Roach, <laughs> I mean, of The Offspring. Let's just talk about other bands from Seattle, like uh, Pearl Jam or Soundgarden. Yeah, but it, or Alice in Chains. I don't want to get into a rock and roll argument with you. <laughs> you think that Nirvana was? I, <laughs> but I'm saying Nirvana I'm saying opened he never, the doors. He didn't, he didn't touch me that much. Nirvana opened the doors for those bands. Really? Yeah, he blew apart the... I mean, he he basically, through Nirvana, all these, was the vehicle that all those bands became so well-known. He still doesn't really matter to I mean, some of his songs are all right, but I just never thought they were that great. But yeah, to compare him to John Lennon? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's, that's a bit reaching. Well, the uh, sick and wrong um, uh, best suicide award has to go to Michael Hutchins from uh, NXS. Ah, uh, yes. And if you recall, Hutchins, who died in uh, 1997, he was found dead in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Sydney. A belt was found at the scene, suggested that he had died by hanging. The coroner determined that Hutchinson's death was a result of suicide, but some suggest that the cause of death may have resulted from autoerotic asphyxiation. Which means not only they didn't just find the belt, like his hog was hanging out and his hand was just gripped in rigor mortis around it. Around his dick while he's hanging from his they didn't belt. Have, they didn't have flashlights back then, so but, he was doing it manually. You know what, what, what I find humorous about this is, dude, Hutchins could have had any girl he wanted. That's true. 
but yet he didn't want that. Sometimes masturbation is better, <laughs> especially when you take it to that level where you're choking yourself. So finally here... Uh, he was the, probably on drugs, too, at the time, right? They never said anything about it, but I assume. I imagine he probably was on poppers. Yeah. I mean, it's like you, you don't have a masturbation fest without poppers. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the fourth category here is motor vehicle crashes. Um, a lot of uh, rockers died in motor vehicle crashes. One uh, particular noteworthy worthy rocker here, Mark Bolin, T-Rex. I don't know that one. Dude, lost control of a speeding car, struck a tree, was killing cool Bolin instantly. something shitty like a pacer? It was a purple Mini, a 1275 GT. Yeah, I guess that's all right. Driven by his lady, Gloria Jones. Oh, he wasn't even driving? He wasn't driving. That's he was a passenger. I know. He's probably wasted. Um, the number one, though, rocker death has to go to best motor vehicle crash here. It has to go to Cliff Burton. Yes. The original basis of Metallica. Did you listen to Metallica when Cliff Burton was still in it, or was that just before our time? Dude, Ride the Lightning, of course. But I didn't even know about that album until after I'd heard later albums. No, I had heard that by that point. It was like, uh, what, 85, 86, 87. I'm, that's when I first started getting into metal. It's like I'd given up on, like, Twisted Sister and, like, started going, <laughs> you know, moving on to heavier bands. Heavier stuff. So on September 27th, 1986, in rural southern Sweden... During a European tour in support of Master of Puppets, Metallica's tour bus ran over a patch of black ice, deadly black ice, skidded off the road, flipped over. Burton, who was sleeping, was thrown through the window of the bus, which fell on top of him and killed him. <laughs> Dude, there's no way you're going to survive that. Aren't buses usually made? I guess maybe not back then, but I thought buses always had that safety glass that you could like, you know, run at full force and it wouldn't break open. This must have been a Swedish bus. It was probably a Swedish bus, yeah. Do they drive on the other side in Sweden? I don't think so. I don't know. Black ice, though. It's a killer. Uh-huh. Um, the, another category here, drowning accidents. A lot of rockers have drowned in their time. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones. He died uh, by drowning. Jeff Buckley. Uh, but the, uh, I'd say the sick and wrong award for best drowning would have to be Dennis Wilson. Uh, he died in alcohol-related drowning. A beach boy. A beach boy. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's the irony there, dude. That a beach boy should drown... It's not really ironic. I mean, he should have stayed on the beach. And he yeah, fine. I guess. It, but, 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 I mean, he's at the beach. You'd think he could swim. <laughs> but, uh, but apparently it's difficult to swim uh, when you're completely wasted. <laughs> Mental note, don't go swimming after drinking with Wackerly. He still got, he still got out better than his brother, Brian Wilson. Have, God, you, have you seen that guy, that guy now? <laughs> well, not even, you don't even have to look at him. Just listen to him. His brain. You know, people always make fun of that um, that anti-drug ad about the eggs this is your brain on drugs i think brian wilson really does have scrambled eggs for brains <laughs> i think you know all they need to do now is just this is drugs and just pull out brian yeah. wilson this is you on drugs brian wilson yeah i think that would uh, he did definitely make some good music though talk about I a like, deterrent i like the beach boys at least oh, yeah. you know they're better songs some of them are a little crap like kokomo <laughs> Uh, but by far, hands down... I blame John Stamos. <laughs> the best rocker death here, uh, nominated by Sick and Wrong to win the award here, would be Sonny Bono. This is the overall best in show death? I think so. Best in show death goes to Sonny Bono, who skied into a tree. He was, really, he was a politician at the time. Dude, but he, he died by hitting a tree. He hadn't rocked for a long while. I, I don't Cher know. I kept just, rocking, you know. She still rocks. She still her, rocks. Her harmonizer that she can't even sing anymore. But dude, who would have predicted? You know, you could predict. Okay, motor vehicle crash. You know, fatal uh, flying machine. You know, flying machine incident. Um, into a tree, though. 
Yeah, sting into a tree. How many rockers have died by that? Was how he, many people have died by that? Do you think he was texting or something? I don't know how you run to a tree that hard on the slopes. Do you think he was thinking of a new duet song with Cher and just, bam, hit the tree? No, he was probably thinking about how she, he used to get to fuck Cher, <laughs> and he doesn't anymore. And, and now look what he tragic. has to do. Yeah. Well, it's amazing to me that all these rockers, so many rockers have perished, and then you look at like someone like Keith Richards, who by some unknown miracle... He fell out of a coconut alive. tree a couple years ago, right? Or maybe but last year. But he lived through that. I mean, look at that guy. That guy's His done... bones are made of nerf. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, wild. I mean, so much drug abuse for so many... I mean, such excessive drug use for so many years, I think makes you immortal. Well, he doesn't look good. <laughs> no, he doesn't look good. But Nobody I mean... thinks he's some kind of immortal vampire. Like, you look at him and you say, that's a dude who's lived a hard life. But he's just, yeah, not dying. And he has some hot Russian girlfriend who's 18 or 19 or something. Yeah, I don't think Keith Richards will ever die. No, actually, I think that might be Ronnie Wood, the bassist dating that young girl. Am I mistaken? Well, I'm sure Keith Richards has a hot girlfriend. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he could still have any chick he wants, even though he kind of looks like Skeletor. Or the Crypt Keeper, really. (laughs) Skeletor gets ass. What's interesting to me is, like, all these people that we've been discussing here... You know, we're musicians who rocked back in like the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you think about it now, it's like, I can think of so many bands that I would like to see die in some tragic accident so I never have to hear their song again on the radio. <clears throat> Green Day. And uh, it's, you know, you think about that, and it's like, none of these bands die. And, and even if some, like the guy from AFI, you know, ends up dying or the dude from Coldplay dies, do you think anyone's really going to care? Um,. Somebody will, because those bands still make money. So some Jew uh, agent, talent agent, will be pissed off if he hasn't got the ta- the uh, insurance policy. But do you think do you think there's going to be conspiracy theories abounding about you know the guy from Coldplay and the way he died? Or do you think everyone's like, thank God, I don't have to hear that awful music again? Um, a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B. I don't know. The thing is, rockers go into rehab now, which never used to happen. Yeah, I guess I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see what rock deaths might happen in the next few years. People, go check out the uh, the the uh, Roadie memoir book here called The Rock Roadie by James Tappy Wright. And you can hear about the uh, supposed theory behind uh, Hendrix's death. He's an extremely annoying name. He should have changed that before he wrote a book. Tappy? Tappy Wright. Yeah, I guess if you read the book, you could probably uh, find the origin of that nickname. Sure. Yeah. It's a nickname? I think that's because it's in, it's in quotes. Tappy. Tappy? Tappy tap tap. <laughs> People, this is episode 177 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Uh, before we get into the show here, a quick word from our sponsor. Uh, People, you know AdamandEve.com is the primary sponsor here of Sick and Wrong, and uh, we are grateful to AdamandEve.com. You know, I was trying to come up with a new jingle to convince people to uh, you know buy some adult products. Uh-huh. But it's I hard have to a- find something that rhymes with dildo. Yeah, but I have this awful singing voice, number one. And, and number two, yeah, it is difficult to uh, just, you know, make, make a whole song about dildos. But, you know, I was thinking, that's, I was thinking about that song, uh, Business Time, by the Flight of the Concords. What about dildo time? I see where you're going with that. It's dildo. It's dildo time. <laughs> I, li- I like it. It's got a good ring to it. Yeah, and yeah. I think your voice is beautiful. Oh, thank you, Wackley. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're right on key, by the way. <laughs> well, people, it's dildo time right now go to adamandeve.com get 50% off any item when you type the word diddle for the offer code coupon checkout that's d-i-d-d-l-e plus with your order of $17 or more we'll throw in a free gift that's right free all the Jewish listeners ears perked up a bit 
free? What a bargain. <laughs> Get 50% off with offer code DIDDLE at adamandeve.com. Dildo time. I would just like to say to our older listeners who maybe, you know, the last time they bought a dildo was in 1967 or something, um, and they figure, you know, the one they have they can get by with. You know, Adam and Eve is one of the chief, um, you know, top researchers in the field of dildonics, and they've made <laughs> far-reaching advances in so this field. So go there and, you know, look at the new stuff they have. So you're saying that... Like amazing the, things out there today. It's a, it's a wonderful century we live in. So you're saying some, like, our, our octogenarian fans who have... Right. The last builder they purchased is probably made of, like, you know, uh, oak or something, <laughs> or, you know, like, uh, you know, ebony, like some yeah. kind of wooden dildo. Yeah, vulcanized rubber. Vulcanized <laughs> rubber, exactly. Kind of rubber tree. Dildo technology has come a long way since the 30s. Yeah. So, uh, people, you know, t- take advantage of this time and the special offer and get yourself a brand new dildo. Get with the times, baby. Um, quick recap of last week's show, episode 176. We did three really um, excellent listener stories. A lot of people claimed it was difficult to choose a winner because all the stories were um, that heinous. Well, uh, that just means it was a good tournament. Yeah. Listener number one here was sent in by Mike. It was a Chinese suicide assistant story. Remember the guy that pushed the dude from the bridge? A listener two story was Big Earn. Uh, Big Earn sent a story about an indecisive infanticide. And uh, the third listener was uh, Jer, who sent a story about firework castration. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, that uh, won. Firework Castration won with 128 votes. Uh, we had the, somebody post to the forum. We asked uh, military experts or demolition experts, and I think the guy, it was a little confusing, but I think the guy agreed with you that it was probably an M80, that black cats would not do the job. Well, the, 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 this guy that you're speaking, you're ta- referring to here, actually made a video with a hot dog, and he tied black cats around the hot dog. <laughs> And it seemed just to burn the hot That's dog. one of those videos that I don't watch because then I just have like phantom ball pain for the next hour <laughs> after I watch it, and I don't enjoy that sensation. But had he tied like two M80s to that thing, the hot dog would have been blown to smithereens. Okay. Uh, the uh, in, Indecisive Infanticide came in second place with 95 votes, and the Chinese Suicide Assistance came in uh, third, 45. Uh-huh. I was kind of surprised, you know, I mean... I guess it wasn't that sick and wrong, but he's still a hero. That's like the story that the newscast does at the end, like the personal interest story. I mean, yeah. compared to real sick and wrong stories, it's it's cool and you love it. You know, you love seeing the the bit about the the dog who blows up balloons or whatever. But uh, you know, it's not gonna win. It's not. It's not gonna take the take take the episode. Uh, so congratulations there, Jer. You won with your firework castration story, Jer. Uh, People, you yeah. know the way sick and wrong works. Wacker and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a case of beer. And if the listener wins, you get a sick and wrong care package. You can send your submissions to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. Well, Wacker, I believe you started last week, so let me kick off episode 177 with my story. <laughs> Convicted killer beheaded and then put on display in Saudi Arabia. Not a surprise. I mean, they have a very extreme definition of capital punishment. An eye for an eye. Eye for an eye, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Saudi Arabian officials beheaded and then publicly displayed a body of a convicted killer in Riyadh on Friday, an act that prompted a stiff denunciation by Amnesty International. 
I don't disagree with the eye for an eye thing either. I, what I disagree with is the eye for a I drank a glass of beer, <laughs> or eye for a, I looked at some porn on the internet. Well, that that's kind of what what I was leading to. Why you wouldn't last very long <laughs> is the penalty for possessing pornography is a beheading. You're beheaded See, for having pornography. That's not eye for an eye. No, it isn't. Make some uh, embarrassing porn of me and then distribute it to everybody to look at and make fun of my disgusting body. That's don't, eye for an eye justice. Don't chop my head off for wanking the willy. <laughs> oh, that sounds a bit extreme. Uh, apparently, Ahmed al-Shamlani al-Anzi. Right. A generic Saudi Arabian name. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Lots of A's and meds and ha ha. He was sentenced to death and then crucifixion, having his body displayed in public for the kidnapping and killing of an 11-year-old boy and then the killing of the boy's father. Amnesty International issued a statement deploring the punishment, saying that it's horrific that beheadings and crucifixions still happen. Uh-huh. I love how Amnesty so- <laughs> International always has to weigh in on the atrocities going on throughout the world. It's like, do something about it. Yeah, it's a little late now. And plus, the guy was a murderer, right? Well, you know, if anyone deserved to be beheaded and crucified, it would be al-Shamlani al-Hachanahacha. Yeah, I don't really care. I don't really have a lot of feelings for this guy. Well, listen to what this guy did. He kidnapped an 11-year-old boy, held him for malicious purpose at a grocery store where he worked. He tied a rope around the boy's neck, strangled him to death, and then sodomized the kid. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, when the boy's father came to the store looking for his son, he axed the father repeatedly until the man died. What did he ax him? <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were speaking Oakland. <laughs> when police came to arrest Alonzi, he resisted arrest by threatening them with a knife. You know, he kind of reminds me, it, the, the, the dad in this situation kind of reminds me of the useless guy in the Shining movie. <laughs> you, you know, it's just like... You mean the avuncular old black man? Yeah, the avuncular old black man. It's like, you know, rub your leg, boy, I'll, I'll come running. And it's like, he shows up, axe to the back. Immediately. Immediately. Walks in the door, and then he's done. Boom, axe to the back, done. He was supposed to be the cavalry coming to save the kid, and immediately Jack Nicholson gets... A one over on him. Well, apparently the same thing, the same fate befell the boy's father here. Came to the store looking for his son, axe, repeatedly, right off the bat. And the Saudi Arabian cops found, caught the guy red-handed. He was still there. Yeah. Because the only was... argument against this whole beheading and crucifixion thing is, oh, but what if you do it to somebody who really wasn't guilty? Exactly. I mean, that's what they... I guess and... there's the whole terrorizing the populace with the... <laughs> The beheaded corpse on display, which isn't great, but I don't mind it. Well, but Amnesty International says that uh, they, they disagree with their fair trial proceedings. But he and was caught the, red-handed. At some yeah, but place. they claim that there's forced confessions or, you know, confessions obtained under duress and torture and ill treatment. Yeah. So they claim that's why all these people are convicted, you know, for um, and, and beheaded under false circumstances. But yet, this guy was caught red-handed, dude. They're not talking about this guy. No, this guy... But Amnesty- It seems like the Saudi Arabian government is saying with this act, hey, we do all the kidnapping and torturing and murdering around here. Quit horning in on our business. <laughs> <laughs> so police later discovered that Al-Anzi here had been previously convicted of other crimes, including possession of pornographic videos and sodomy. Was he missing a hand? Well, that's what I wonder. It's like... Maybe some fingers. I mean, do they behead you for possessing porn? Like, if you've, you know, if you have six counts of, you know, having six different DVDs, are you beheaded? Well, you just told me that you were. 
Well, that, I mean, that's that's the crime. That's the punishment. It's beheading. I guess sometimes there's probably leniency. Like, we could behead you, but, you know, we're going to have mercy. But why wouldn't they just hack your hands off? Because how can you wank it? What's oh. what's good of looking at porn if you can't wank it? <laughs> you couldn't figure out a way to jerk off without hands? Do you think you'd learn to wank you're, with you're your feet? You're either a liar or, uh, you know, just lack imagination. Dude, but I mean, seriously, would you learn to wank with your feet? You don't even need to go there. <laughs> fuck, you can fuck the crease in the couch. So government officials in Saudi Arabia use crucifixion. or they, with, by, by crucifixion, let me explain here. They're not talking about like, you know, putting the body up on a cross and hammering nails through your hands. Yeah, I, dis- you. I actually disagree with this characterization. Well, this they claim crucifixion. crucifixion, their definition is public display of an executed body. Which isn't my definition. No, it might not be your definition. That's the Saudi Arabian definition of crucifixion. My definition is that the crucifixion is the method of execution, that you are hung out and exposed until you die. They claim that being crucified means you're exposed. It's just public exposure of a corpse. Saudi Arabia or Amnesty International? Saudi Arabia. That's okay. what that's what how they do. So what they do is they use it as a tool to deter people from committing such a crime. I mean, yeah. seriously, it's, it's like a you're, fearsome image. I mean, think about it. You you know, you're walking through the market and there's a guy just hanging from, you know, a pole. Mm. And cool, uh, yeah. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, Saudi it's if, cathartic if you, you know, it's cathartic. Well, I mean, I imagine it must if be... If you're not a, a rapist, uh, you know, murdering, torturing kidnapper, or but, somebody who looks at porn. <laughs> but think about it, who's a, someone who's a victim of a crime like that, and to see that, you're like, wow, you know, yeah, there's justice in action. The state uh, did one for me. Uh, those crucified are beheaded first, and then their heads are sewn back onto the bodies, and then the corpse <laughs> is mounted onto a pole or a tree and displayed for the next couple of days. Who has that job to sew the head back up? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you have a choice. Do you have to do a good job? Do you have a manager that comes around and says, like, yeah, that sucked. This is the worst head sewing on the neck I've ever seen. <laughs> do you think there's a particular... You're getting demoted. Do you think there's a particular cross stitch that you have to employ? Probably. Like, you I wonder... want it to fall off. Yeah, but, I mean, do you think Why there's Why can't you a... just use duct tape? Yeah, that's what I, I mean. If the guy's just going to be... What are they going to do? Hack him down a little bit? Yeah, why couldn't you just use duct tape? I don't know. I know. It must be tradition. Tradition, yeah. Um, in its denunciation of the punishment, Amnesty International deplored the extensive use of the death penalty in Saudi Arabia. So they're really talking about, you know, all of the uh, trials, not just this. They're not really defending this guy. I mean, well, yeah. in, their, in their defense. In general, they... They're not they, coming to this guy's aid. Well, they they like are decrying the extensive use of, of uh, capital punishment. Yeah. Those who are sentenced to death are often not informed of the progress of legal proceedings or of the date of execution until the morning when they're taken out and beheaded, <laughs> which I actually kind of think is uh, sort of amusing here. It's like, surprise, today's the day. <laughs> this is it. Ready, dude? No virgins for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Must yeah, I don't suck. know. So on the sick and wrong star scale... Obviously, this guy deserved... If anyone deserved to be beheaded and crucified in Saudi Arabian definition, it would be this man. Right. But, you know, in in order to properly evaluate this story, you need to think the crime that was actually committed was rather atrocious, rather heinous. Uh I mean, he raped a kid and killed the dad. And then also, I mean, the fact that he was, uh, you know, beheaded, head sewn back on, and crucified. (laughs) I'm going to have to give this a 4.25. Really? I'm giving it a 4.7 because I'm also putting into consideration, 
you know, the adulterers that this was done to, or, you know, the guy who got three strikes on shoplifting an apple. Actually, that's a good point. So think about all those poor saps who are caught with, like, a pornographic magazine. Like, the guy that's caught with a penthouse. You know, and it's like, and he gets his hand chopped Jugs. off or something. Yeah, you know, it's just like, that, that poor guy who just wanted to, like, rub one out. I know. Okay, I'm, I'm raising it to 4.75. They don't make porn in Saudi Arabia, so any porn that some guy's looking at is it's Western imported, porn, yeah, no. Which is even worse, probably, in the eyes of the... Mullahs or whatever the fuck they have because we're clerics. heathens clerics. we're heathens godless heathens I think Saudi Arabia has clerics <laughs> look at these white milky sinning titties from the west <laughs> yes look at them yes look, oh look at them alright chop off that guy's <laughs> hand and I'll be taking this yes, into my quarters I will take this back to my quarters <laughs> what do you have for episode 177 This one appeals to my engineering sensibilities. Um, there's a power station worker in Russia in uh, Yekaterinburg in the Urals, which I, I guess everywhere in Russia I always say is the sticks. It's kind of it's a huge country. If you're not in Moscow, Dude, or if you're not Sto- in or, or it's not Leningrad anymore. They Kiev the or I, I'm not even from sure. Leningrad and Stalingrad to what they used to be. But Dude, we're just going to embarrass ourselves if we try to like uh, name cities in Russia. I'm willing to do that, but there's like three big cities, and then the, there's this. It's the biggest country in the world, right? There's all this area that's like the sticks. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there's huge expanses of land and that similar just to aren't inhabited, and similar to the U.S. in r- rural areas. Is rural related to the word Ural Mountains? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what they're referring to. But think about all right, it. Though. This isn't the etymology podcast, Dep- all right? But this is in the Ural Mountains. But in the U.S., But wackily, in the U.S., if you're driving through Nebraska, which is, you know, a rural state, yes. you can still stop at a McDonald's and get yourself a Big Mac. But in Russia, you can drive through the Ural Mountains and probably not see civilization for like two days. Yeah. So think, think about the Upper Peninsula rural. of Michigan, though. Yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, Same can, thing. I'm sure there's a titty bar every 30 miles. Oh, they have titty bars in Yekaterinburg. <laughs> anyway, that's too much intro. But anyways, it happened there. And there's an engineer, a guy who works at the power station, the electrical power plant, I guess. Could be steam power, who knows. Uh, and he's only being identified as Dimitri K, first initial of his last name. Um... He's accused of killing at least six people with a homemade electric chair. Wow. That's a first. That's a first on Sick and Wrong. That is a first. We've we've done stories about guys who made contraptions to kill themselves. Yeah, but it never like... Not an electric chair. Not a sophisticated... um, Device used to kill somebody. This is kind of the death penalty episode, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of capital State punishment going on. State-sponsored dental death penalty. This guy took home the... He took his job home, first of all, because he's an electrical guy working at the power station. And uh, and he he made this electric chair and uh, killed some people. It's applied knowledge. Yeah. And that's not the only thing. He also has designed an electric carpet which could kill anyone who stepped on it. I assume he's going to make that for his doormat outside his door, hook it up to the doorbell. And as soon as you run, as soon as he mark, is he marketing these products? No, just for self use. Because we have some room on the sick and wrong store for a couple <laughs> new items. 
<laughs> it could be a doormat that said sick and wrong. Russian death carpet. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to say that. $25. Nobody would die. <laughs> but uh, the third year lured his victims by posting an advertisement on an internet website claiming he wanted to buy computer parts, <laughs> say detectives. Once at his house, he asked these people who were uh, selling the computer parts uh, to sit in an improvised electric chair before tying them up and hitting a button on his computer to activate the current. Okay, how gullible are these rubes? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, dude, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm astounded that they even have computers in that area of Russia. But, well, but, I mean, it's this like, guy's an it's engineer. It's like a Commodore yeah. 64. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the fact of the matter, let's say you answered a Craigslist ad, you go to some guy's house, and there's some scary Russian dude looking like Yakov Smirnov, and he's like, You know he looks like Yakov Smirnov. <laughs> Would you sit in my chair, yeah? And you're like, Oh, you mean the chair with all the straps and the wires hooked up to it? The one I, that looks just like an electric chair? No. Yeah, no I don't thanks. think so. You know, the the one with the uh, metal colander you're going to put on my head? Nah, I think I'm going to pass on that there, buddy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would like to have a seat. Sit you, on my chair, yes. Do you have any borscht? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of assuming it didn't really look like an electric chair. But there, I there think must I'll, have been straps. I mean, he had to strap the guy into something. Well, he could have some belts over in the corner. You're thinking of the the electric chair they have at the prison, which has a lot of accoutrements really to make the death more dignified. And it's for the benefit of the people who go there to witness it and to make it not seem as barbaric as it might seem like this could just be, this really could just be something that you start smoking and shaking around and your eyes blow out with blood. But you're saying that the dude like would strap the people into the chair. Yes. So I mean, I don't know how they didn't belts. see that coming. Yeah, I, it's I, I, not I don't in the know. article, and I can't even speculate. Vodka. I'm more, I'm more curious about that. He he didn't activate the chair by like you know flicking a big knife switch like you would see in the you know in the prison, but he hit a button on his computer and like what 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 is the button? Like right open, click. Open right Apple click. E. <laughs> it's like right click on the mouse. <laughs> Fryer. I think it's middle button. Oh, okay, middle button. It's got to be something that you don't use very often, right? Uh, police only tracked the killer down to his house because um, he would normally take these bodies out in the forest and burn them. They, they think he did like six people like this. And they found one body, uh, the remains of a 23-year-old student, you know, just trying to make some money to go buy a case of beer by selling his uh, hard drive that his parents bought him to go to school with, you know. His floppy disk drive? Yeah, floppy disk <laughs> Tape drive. <laughs> And he, this dude is admitted to that murder, but uh, he won't admit to any other murders until the the cops find the other bodies. <laughs> Those Russians know how to hide a body, though. Yeah, I mean, and, they, and apparently they know the law. You know, he's saying like, "I admit to that one, but I'm not going to admit to these other five until you have some actual physical evidence that I did something." Um, this all happened in the garage. There's always something wrong with people who have a computer in their garage. Yeah, always be skeptical of that. But I do hope to be one of those people, so I'm conflicted about that, too. Wacko um, his weirdo computer in his garage. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to your house and sitting in any chairs. <laughs> Fine, you can fucking stand. Blow me. <laughs> um, and like I said, he he's also invented other things. He's kind of like the Russian Q from James Bond, you know, the guy who invents Yeah, the they got to invent the, the, Although everything he invents kills people with electricity. <laughs> so he's more like uh, the Blofeld, the guy with the cat. Sure, yeah, more okay. of an evil genius. Although, you know, he's hanging out in his garage, not some secret floating island fortress <laughs> with lots of hot chicks. Yeah, he's not at Skull Mountain. 
a couple of the things he's also uh, designed. I don't know if he's actually he's built the electric chair, but he has he hasn't maybe executed these other designs. But he's got them in his head. He's designed a device which would remotely stop cars passing by his house, and then electrocute drivers when they step on his doormat. Oh, so that's not kind of combined with the carpet thing. Okay, so he's got the Russian death carpet, which I still don't understand quite how that works. But the how does he stop a car driving by his house? Uh, I'm thinking EMP. Electromagnetic pulse. He's also planning a machine to erase people's memory with an electromagnetic ray. It's probably re- related to the ray that uh, stops the cars. Um, I don't know why you'd want to erase somebody's memory if you're just going to kill them. <laughs> it seems like an extraneous step. Maybe, but, though, maybe by... He he may, might just, like, molest them or something and not kill them, erase the memory. They'll have no recollection of what happened. Like children that he felt guilty about killing, and he just yeah, you know, it's just it's like those bouts of remorse that he might have. You've got but a point. I do think that the uh, memory erasing to uh, device might actually be marketable. I mean, the, the Russian death carpet not going to be able to sell on the uh, free market. I mean, maybe to like Kim Jong Il or some you know some other dictator, or or those people that hole up in their like compounds out in the you know Nebraska. Yeah, no, they, you could use a Russian death but it's carpet not a big there. Market. Yeah, I, I just don't see you making that much money. But the memory erase thing, dude, think Who about it. Doesn't want that. God, I mean, it's just, I would Jesus. use it on myself <laughs> in many occasions. <laughs> I would forget the previous three relationships <laughs> I had. <laughs> But there's also probably lots of opportunities to use them on other people, too. Yeah, no, it's exactly. Hmm, gives me ideas. Now, this guy's a criminal genius. He's a criminal mastermind. He's he's an arch villain. Seems a shame to lock him up in you know, the gulag. I mean, do you think he has, like, a, a evil name, like Borscht Man or something? I mean, all they say is, Demi- all they say is Dimitri K., and they, they don't spell out DK. what K stands for. DK. Oh, DK. DK. Arch villain right there. Yeah. So on the sick and wrong star scale, dude, the guy killed six people. To me, it's ingenious that he could create his own electric chair. I would never be able to do that. It's a novel way to kill people. No, it's like, you know, in, in America, you know, it's like we'll do a story from Florida. It's like some dude chucks his baby out the window or, you know, like hits his grandma over the head with a hammer. It's like in Russia. It seems unsophisticated. Yeah, in Russia, I mean, or you know, it's like the, the guy actually takes the time to invent an electric chair or a Russian death carpet and kills a guy. I'm giving this 4.95. Yeah, and, then, and on top of that, he's like... Yes, I would like to buy some RAM chip from you that you've used, and you can come over to my house. <laughs> would you sit in the chair, please? <laughs> that, that's da, the best part. Da, sit. sit. Well, what are you giving this story, Waggerly? I'm giving it a, a four and a half for 4. ingenuity. 5? Ingenuity. I agree with that. We'll see what the listening audience has to say. So the listener submission um, came in from a guy named Larry the Triga. It was difficult. We we got a few good submissions this week, and um, yeah, it was difficult to decide which one to actually do, but I kind of like Larry's story here. He goes, hey guys, been listening to podcasts for a while now. I'm, I am, th- so I'm, I'm reading this verbatim. I'm not stumbling over words, okay? And uh, Larry isn't the most eloquent of um, writers here. Uh, who is? Hey guys, been listening to podcasts for a while now, trying. I am to listen to them in order. It's been about three weeks, and I am on podcast 137. So I should be all cough up soon. I stumbled upon the sick and wrong website when I was wounding the internet. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm, and then he writes in parentheses that tubes. I don't, I don't know what he means by wounding the internet. I don't know, but I like it. I'm going to start using it. <laughs> Surfing <laughs> the internet? That's like 2007. Now yeah. we wound it. Wound the internet. Like, I seriously, inflict harm on the tubes. Yeah. And found your site. So I went on iTunes. You know, this guy might be foreign. ESL. He must be For foreign. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so... I went on iTunes and subscribed. Needless to say, I fucking love it. People don't sit next to me on my train journey to work now because they think I am crazy due to the fact that I keep laughing and pulling weird face <laughs> as I hold laughter in. God, that's making me laugh. Nobody takes a train journey to work that lives in the United States. Or England, <laughs> so, yeah, this is ESL. And, and not to mention this guy's pulling weird face as he holds laughter in. Anyway, I got to get back to work as I think my manager will tell me off as I have been slaking hardcore today. Here's a story I found. I hope it's entertaining enough to make the show. Much love, guys. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong, motherfuckers. Larry the Triga. Triga? I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> this guy makes weird face and wounds the internet. What do you expect? Which I'm going to start doing now. I think it's cool. the internet. And I, making weird face. <laughs> you always make weird face. Uh, he writes, this sounds like a sick and wrong abortion. Pregnant girl paid a man to beat her up. Mm. Interesting. It's happened in Salt Lake City, Utah, which I wonder if she was Mormon. Yes, chances are. U.S. prosecutors claim a 17-year-old girl paid a man to beat her up so she would have a miscarriage. Unfortunately, the fetus survived the alleged beating, and the girl and the attacker She's fucked up, though. <laughs> now face criminal charges. The girl who is seven months pregnant. Now, that's like, is that third trimester at that point? Seven uh, months. Uh, yes. Yeah, like you wouldn't even be able to get an abortion at that point. Maybe from that doctor who just got killed in uh, well, Bluerzad. <laughs> <now. laughs> so, no. I don't know. I, what, are, are late term abortions illegal now? I can't ever keep track of this. Not if Obama's president. Well, they let us abort anything. He loves to abort. He loves babies. aborting things. That's Seriously. where we voted him in. Guantanamo aborted. <laughs> <laughs> the girl who is seven months pregnant is charged in juvenile court with criminal solicitation to commit murder. How old is she? A seventeen years old. Nice, nice but age I, to be pregnant. <laughs> I kind of disagree with this though. Criminal solicitation to commit murder. I, I just disagree that it's murder. It's an unborn child, and in my mind. Much like Bill Hicks's mind, a baby is not a human being until it's in your phone book. <laughs> and dude, this thing's not in your phone book. No, this thing hasn't even come out of the uterus yet. Unborn child. Just, but seriously though, how is this murder? Because it's in Utah. They, I mean, states like that have these laws that you know, you flush your semen down the toilet. It's genocide. <laughs> Prosecutors, they don't know when to quit. No, they don't. They carry it a bit too far. It's, it's the Mormons. Prosecutors say the girl paid 21-year-old Aaron Harrison $150 to beat her up after her boyfriend threatened to, threatened to break up if she didn't get rid of the fetus. How does that make sense? You want me to read the line again? No, I'm thinking about how it makes So She paid this guy... $150 to beat her up after her boyfriend threatened a breakup if she didn't get rid of the fetus. How did her boyfriend think 
we really so we're in the dark here. We need to know Utah and Salt Lake City's abortion laws to make sense of that sentence. But I mean, it's it's. Did he tell her that in the first trimester, where it would have been easy for her to get an abortion, is it legal to give it a seven month abortion in Utah without knowing these things? That sentence is very hard to make sense of. This is this is my take on it. I think it's illegal. Is he in just Utah. a fucking retard? He doesn't know know what he's talking about. I think it's illegal in Utah to get an abortion. No. It isn't? I no, mean, you could it's a d- federal, federal case, Roe versus Wade. You're, it's, it's legal. You know what probably... Neither okay. of us know what the fuck we're talking this, about. This okay? is my take on it. She <laughs> wanted to keep the kid, lasted too long. She it got to the point. Long. She waited too long, got to the yeah. point. It was seven months. He threatened to break up. So the only thing in desperation, she paid 21-year-old Aaron Harrison, who is probably a skinhead, <laughs> to punch her in the stomach so she would have a, a miscarriage. Court documents say how much Her- did she pay him? Do we know that? One hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you could buy like what a, a, a Wii for that Nintendo Wii. A Wii is a little more expensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you could buy a lot of Pabst Blue Ribbon for one hundred fifty dollars. You think. can go roller skating and buy a fifth of Jack Daniels for cheaper than that, though. <laughs> but you know what kind of pisses me off? I understand this. This whatever uh, you know, puerile abortion method, but. Aren't they kind of taking off our style here? Didn't, weren't we going to open an abortion clinic that involved a staircase? The S&W abortion clinic, yes. Girls come up one end of the staircase, you knock them off the other end. They get a couple of shots of uh, whiskey on the way up the stairs. Just to then, assuage the they, pain. they have roller skates put on their feet at the top of the stairs. Which I think would work a bit at better our, at than... Our, at the old studios, there was a stair that came up one side where you'd and have a stair the waiting went, line. And yeah. there was a stair that went down the other side where you'd have the... Abortion wing of the hospital. <laughs> exactly, and I think it just they work. They were they work well together, and that was our idea. But um, but, I mean, we still know. have a patent on it, so I'm a little concerned. I guess maybe he, you could consider him an amateur. Or he's not starting an industry, but I'm still a little. We need to keep an eye on this dude. I think the pay a skinhead method might be a bit more effective <laughs> if you actually could. If you actually paid a skinhead who knows how to beat up a woman, uh, Harrison allegedly bought the girl to his house, where he's accused of striking her and biting her, leaving bruises biting. on her stomach and a bite mark on her neck. He's trying to bite the baby out. I don't know. I, I just feel the guy could have done a little bit better than that. I mean, seriously, dude. You got a pregnant girl in front of you, seven months pregnant, and all you can do is bite her and leave a couple of bruises on her stomach? Yeah, body blow, body blow, body <laughs> blow. <laughs> seriously. Again and again. Yeah. Uh, court papers say her fetus survived. And, and that's what I find the most unfortunate aspect of this article. Because this is only going to go two ways. Either that kid's going to come out being the next, like, you know, Andre the Giant or Van Damme or some complete, you know, Dolph Lundgren like a badass, or it's going to come out being the next Corky. <laughs> One of two ways. One of two ways go. this is going to go, and I'm willing to wager the latter. Uh, Might be me. The Corky, the Corky method. The Corky method. I, I think that the Corky result. The Corky outcome. The Corky outcome. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen here. Probably. So um, Harrison is charged with attempted murder. It'll be interesting to Why see what happens. Why do you think he's a skinhead? I'm curious about that. Because, dude, who else would be like, okay, I'll take $150 to, punch, to beat up your pregnant girlfriend? I can think of a couple people. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. I, I just think it's a skinhead mentality. Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm Jewish and I don't you know, enjoy the association, you know, the company of skinheads. <laughs> but I'm saying if you're going to go find someone to punch your girlfriend in the stomach. What about a meth addict? 
or a crackhead. Yeah, but dude, a skinhead's tough. A skinhead's like, they're used to punching and beating people up. They're used to violence. Right, but it's a pregnant 17-year-old. You don't really need to be in training. I guess I, I can see where you're going with this. A crackhead, you probably... A crackhead, you only have to give like 20 bucks. Yeah, I think if it was like a hard... Dude, she chose the wrong skinhead. Or maybe didn't choose a skinhead, and that was her mistake. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think she should have chose a baseball player. <laughs> Somebody that owned a bat, owned their own bat. So on the sick and wrong star scale, interesting abortion method. I, not, obviously not the most effective. Yeah, not successful. So I, I do find the, twi- the fact that she actually paid someone to beat herself up for a miscarriage. You know, instead of just getting really drunk and, you know, jumping off your bed and landing on your stomach. Going on a trampoline and, and- Bungee jumping, yeah, or you know something like neck. that. You know, you know. Um, I'm gonna have to give this turkey baster with some antifreeze. <laughs> some suggestions off the top of my head, dude. dude I'm very you... scared about having a girl get pregnant that I'm that I'm having sex with. Well, you better pipe down. I don't want pro life groups coming <laughs> coming after you. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them all. So on the second wrong star scale, I'm giving this uh, four stars. He didn't actually succeed. Yeah, it's it's not amazing to me that she paid him. I mean, she's obviously an idiot because she's seventeen years old, seventeen years old and pregnant. But the fact that he accepted the offer, like, okay, <laughs> that that guy is who's sick and wrong, and I'm gonna give him a four and a quarter. Yes, yeah, that sounds, sounds good like to a me. good idea to me. It's an easy way to make 150 bucks. 150 dollars. You're on, girl. I wonder if he bargained. You know, <laughs> she offered him seventy. And he's he like, said, she, no. He counter offered, and yeah. they worked their way up. Yeah. I don't know if skinheads can do that. Only Jews do that. <laughs> uh, people, we we invite you to go vote and choose who won episode one seventy seven. Go cast your vote at sickandwrongpodcast.com. dot we are nearing the end of the show, and as usual, we tend to get the phone calls the sick and wrong hotline. And uh, emails to sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Before that, a uh, quick word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Here's Trucker Paul. Hey, sick and wrong listeners. This is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I've bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a little dildo when I'm on the road I got my second wife my blow up doll and my jack off sleeve go to adamandeve.com type in the word diddle d-i-d-d-l-e and you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines adios lick my balls dude I love that promo Best promo ever. The only better promo than that is Trucker Paul's kid. Yeah, which mi- we'll have to play next week. Yeah, well, what's what's the new name? Not Mini Trucker Paul now. I don't. I, it's like Badass so they, Trucker they, Paul they don't or something. Buster or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. Big Mac. Big Mac. Yes, That's what Big it is. Mac. Big Mac. He loves the Big Macs, he, and he is the Big Mac. He is the Big Mac. But people, seriously, go check out AdamandEve.com. Fifty percent off your purchase plus a free gift. It's dildo time. Uh, yeah, Wackley, we got a number of phone calls to the uh, Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial line. There was a bit of a mishap this week with the Drunk Dial line. It was, seems to be, yeah. You know, it was weird. It was like, you know, for a few days we weren't getting any calls. And so I contacted the company. Turns out that their site was down <laughs> for a few days. So I'm like, you know, this is kind of weird. We're, we're not getting any calls. Our, our telephony company? 
Yeah, like, you know, the uh, the reputable company that uh, feels the sick and wrong drunk dial phone calls. But so so what's interesting is the calls that actually made it through. And most of them were these incoherent, racist, drunken ramblings. A lot, a lot of them were like to the point where we couldn't even understand what people were saying. Yeah, I'm on the fence about whether they're high quality drunken dialings or just low quality crap. Well, I know we got one comprehensible phone call, but the the first two we're going to play here, I, I think we're just like severely drunken calls. Correct. So so let's play out uh, call number one. Hey, Dean Lance. First time caller, but once an amazed listener. There's a shake in myself from Indy. That is Indiana. If you didn't kind of figure it out, I know because you're out in Cali. I mean, shit. <laughs> no. You know what? My- Dude, this guy is wasted. <laughs> Very. I, I mean, I'm having a difficult time understanding him, but it sounds like, I mean... He lives in Indiana. That's and, what I got yeah, so yeah, far. I think I, the only thing I, I was able to glean from that is that he lives, from Indi- he lives in Indiana. Uh-huh. You know what, but I'm sorry. I, I, wrote, I wrote this out with my roomie, but it uh, turns out that uh, this roomie of mine is my ex-girlfriend now is fucking my other roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty fucked up, if you ask me, Lance and Dave. So wait, Wacker, did he just say he wrote this down with his roomie, and it turns out his ex-girlfriend is now fucking this roomie? Yeah, it must have been an awkward writing session. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Wouldn't want to be in the writer's room that day. Uh, yeah, I imagine there must have been a little bit of tension. Actually, D, why don't you write this down? I'm fucking your girlfriend right now. <laughs> oh, really? No wonder the guy's so wasted, though. It kind of explains it. Yes, he seems legitimately wasted at this point. I mean, dude, think about that, though. Your roommate is fucking your ex-girlfriend. so not who, only, who also lives with you guys. Yeah, so not only do you have to, like, sit there and hear them fuck, this guy was your, probably your good friend. And they're just making fun of you relentlessly. Shakes. All your bad habits dude. and the shit, stupid shit you do, they're just... Laughing and laughing in their room about it. Shakespearean level of betrayal. <laughs> I don't think Shakespeare wrote a story about the uh, you know losers who shared a three bedroom apartment. Dude, I mean, why don't you move out, dude? Don't just get drunk. Move the fuck out. Sometimes it's hard. You got to get a security deposit together and all that <laughs> shit. I know where he's coming from. Let's hear the rest of this. Is that a fart? Did he just <laughs> farted into the trunk dial line, but which I'm totally cool with. I'm not. I had a list of a whole entire fucking script of what I was going to say, but guess what? Failed. Everything. I don't know what the fuck. I heard a weird noise upstairs, but yeah. Yeah. That was your ex-girlfriend getting cornhole. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your ex-girlfriend getting dog, raw dog from behind. Yeah, I, I guess I just want you to know that Shake is here, and Shake is here to stay because you guys are the fucking shit. And here is the fucking drunk line, and here I am, Shake, motherfucker. Shake. Blah, motherfucker. That might be the drunkest call ever, do you think? And he has a legitimate reason for being drunk, so yeah, I'll award him that. And I and I love the fact that he's taking the redneck 
route of being in this awkward ex-girlfriend situation of just getting ridiculously drunk and calling the drunk dial line rather than the emo route of writing poetry and cutting himself and getting a strange haircut no, and wearing mascara. I actually agree with you, Wacker. I like the fact that he's taking the redneck route and not moving out of the trailer. Instead, <laughs> just getting really drunk and listening to his ex-girlfriend fuck his roommate. He mentioned they were upstairs. So I, don't think that, I don't think there's many trailers with a second story. The, but, the, uh, there are double wides with that extra top. You know, <laughs> double extra, tall. Extra level. Uh, you know, fuck Shake, y'all. Y'all move out. I'm staying. I'm drinking too. <laughs> I, I admire his steadfastness. It's 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 impressive. I you know I maybe he's more of a man than me because I would have just been like I'm out of here, dude. He is more. Fuck of a man. you. Fuck you. <laughs> My beer's cool. I'm out of here. Whereas this guy Shake, he's like I don't care. I'm just gonna get drunk. Call the sick wrong drunk down line. You two move out. I'm gonna get two hot chicks, probably lesbians, to move in off of Craigslist and replace your asses. Party. You know, you know what though, dude? I think we're fulfilling that void in his life. I'm not gonna fuck this guy. You think we're <laughs> no, but I mean listening to the show fills that void. Thank you, Shake, and uh continue to call us and get drunk. Yes. You know in about six months that dude's gonna take a shotgun and kill both of them. Better than killing himself. Yeah. Call number two. Uh, this actually this call, if you think about it, I just want to preface it by saying they called twice. Right. The first call you couldn't understand anything. I'd almost play it on the show, but I mean, it's just a bunch of garbled noise. I mean, they're so drunk or so high. I disagree. Yeah, it, that the previous call was the drunkest call ever. That call, which we're not even going to play because it doesn't make any sense, is that's the result of the chronic. Yeah, that, no, that was the most unintelligibly high call I think we've ever received. So then they call back, and this is the second call from the high ons. Was the last time that somebody called Strongweed the Chronic back in like 1988? <laughs> Am I horribly unhip <laughs> with the weed lingo? I think Dr. Dre would be like, you're cool. <laughs> He'd be down with me. He'd be down. Fine. I'm sorry about last time. Y'all's a pretty eye with the sick and wrong shit. Be like this is Dick, though. That's my name. Yeah. No, second time calling. Nigga, y'all called for me. Alright, I'm still high as fuck. And sick and wrong is pretty sick and tight. I guess so. Not really. I'm going home. I love it when people have a backseat caller. Telling him what to say. Yeah. <laughs> you get like, on the phone, nigga. <laughs> I do like how he's like, yeah, sick and tight. Not really. <laughs> Dude, that guy, that guy must have been. I bet you he was smoking better weed than I've ever smoked. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a little jealous. It depends how you grade good weed. I mean, do you like weed where you get mellowly high and it's a good experience, or that weed where you just your brain shuts off? I like get weed. I like weed that gets me so high that I call a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and leave a senseless uh, message. Yeah, sure. All right, yeah. this last one's more coherent. Just I, I believe it it's out. Scott from Iowa. Yeah. Hey, Lance and Dean, Scott in Iowa. I just want to give you a call, and after listening to the last show and let you know that they're, um, you were talking about the penis surgeries, and I have a friend of mine that's a, an MD, medical doctor, and um, apparently in California you can get a surgery on your penis that uh, you, what they do is they actually they make it thicker, they sew cadaver tissue into the penis. And how they do that is they peel it like a banana, and um, they take all the skin, pretty much peel it all the way down off the banana, soak cadaver tissue in there around the penis, and then 
stretch the skin back over it. Like a banana. It thicker, but they can't really add any length um, to it. But apparently you can get this done right there in California. Um, so, hey, have a great day. Love the show. Bye. You know, so you get a Coke can, Dick. I'm never eating a banana again. <laughs> Seriously, dude, that just kind of ruined it for me. What if somebody else peeled it for you? Yeah, not going there. <laughs> if I see, I mean, that's just disgusting. Who would seriously? Like, how pencil? How much of a pencil dick do you need to get that type of surgery? Uh, like the straw that you stir your coffee with. <laughs> God, dude, I, I, I imagine just, there, there's dead flesh in your cock, like your Franken cock. <laughs> you know what? I do. You remember that movie? Where some dude lost his arm and he got it replaced with a demonic arm or some body part. I think there's been multiple, multiple movies with that theme. That so, so what happened? Like, I mean, I, I guess it'd be kind of cool if you got, like, John Holmes's cock or, you know, Ron Jeremy's cock. But it's like, what happens if you get, you know, like, Manson's cock or Jeffrey Dahmer's cock? John Bobbitt's cock. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you never know what might happen. It, it's still kind of, it just seems like gruesome surgery. I wonder, I, I actually wonder how much something like that costs. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I can find out for you. Some internet research. Not for my own, just to satisfy my curiosity, okay, Wackerly? All right, we'll leave it at that. Well, thank you, Scott from Iowa for calling in. People call the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. It's up and running again, and I even left a uh, comforting new message. Oh, we got a couple emails here I want to get through real quickly. Uh, the first one came from a guy who calls himself Mathemability. He says, hey, sick and wrong. I've been listening to your show for about a month now, and I finally caught up. I listen to you guys when I walk home from school and on the bus. If I can hear you, because it's really loud. In my area, middle school ends on June 10th. So this kid's got to be in, like, what, seventh grade? Uh, I, I don't know. Middle, what's Some, middle school? K through 12, something. Nah, middle school is like 6 through Oh, he says eight. middle school? I, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, maybe ninth at the latest. He says... so. Not, I, not even probably 16 yet. So in my area, middle school ends on June 10th, which is soon. So I have the freedom to lay in bed, wake up late, and listen to my iPod and hang with friends till September. Ah, the summer months. Yeah. That was a great time where you didn't even have to have a job during the summer. You just did nothing. Seriously, math mobility, cherish these months. Yeah. There's it all is going downhill from here, babe. As soon as you graduate high school, you're never going to have that summer again. But even Ooh. once you get 16, you need to put gas in your car. You're going to have to get a summer job. Yeah. Cherish the, the middle school <laughs> summers. Uh, he says, this year my mom wants us to set goals and ambitions. See, it's already starting, the decline of quality of life. Dude, who's his mom? Hillary Clinton? <laughs> Hillary bitch. Clinton. Uh, she's also restricted the internet with Net Nanny, so I have only two hours a day on the computer. This pisses me off so much. Could you imagine? <laughs> we didn't have the, even have the internet back then. No, we didn't. But I mean, seriously, dude, Net Nanny? I mean, this kid's in like uh, junior high. Yeah. Uh, his parents must be holy rollers. I have a question to you guys, though. Do you have any goals? Like, some of mine are go to OzFest, stop being such a loser, <laughs> get a dog, and name him Nasals. I like other things. In, do, you, do you have any other things in life that you have yet to achieve that you want to? Sorry if this is too long. I guess I'm bored and I can't do anything fun but write emails while my mom's in the other room. 
I'll get on the form as soon as I get my mom's password. Math mobility. <laughs> Uh, you know what, Math Mobility, you should probably skip the form for a couple years. It's only going to warp you. Yeah. Um, and your mom's going to find <laughs> out, and then she's going to use your account to come and make an annoying post about how we're all assholes. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder what her his mother might do. So in terms of goals, goals that we have, I guess my main goal, probably Mirrors Wackerly's goal, is I don't want to choke on my own vomit in my right. studio apartment. Doing good so far. Mm-hmm. You are achieving that goal so far. I achieved that one last week. It's a long-term um, project, though. You know, as a 34-year-old man, uh, let's see, another goal of mine is not to be arrested for public lewdness. <laughs> uh, let's see, another goal would be maybe meet a girl that I don't mind waking up next to in the morning. Right. How about a, meeting a girl that your co-podcaster doesn't mind talking to? <laughs> yeah, that hasn't happened yet. I'm going to impose that goal on you. Yeah, you know, uh, make a lot of money. I mean, that's pretty much the goal that um, you have when you're our age. I mean, what what goals do you have, Wackerly? Um, I'd like to stop smoking in about five years or so. (laughs) Five years. Long term. (laughs) It's good to to start early with that. To move out of my ghetto apartment someday. And I'd like to learn to play the accordion, like my hero, Weird Al Yankovic. That's doable. Yeah, I'm not really working on it, though. It's a lofty goal that I don't pursue at all. See, I don't have a problem with your goals, and I don't have a problem with my goals. I don't have a problem with your goals, man. Your goals are cool with me. And they're doable. My problem is math and abilities goals. (laughs) Dude, listen, man. I I understand. I I think he can make it to OzFest. I have faith in him. OzFest is cool, but the stop being such a loser and the get a dog goals. I mean, seriously, dude. Two of your goals conflict with the third goal. (laughs) But you, <laughs> if your goals are to go to Ozfest and get a dog and name him Nasal, you're kind of a loser. <laughs> yeah, you know my my point being. But that's it's it's it, it's a rectifiable problem. We and we will help you. So D, give this guy some better goals. You know, I I don't want to sway his opinion on his life and to you know I don't want him to change his opinion based on. You know my convictions. Was but, I just an asshole for saying what I just said? <laughs> no, no. It's it's your 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 expressing your, own, your point. But my what I want to say. My advice here to math mobility. When I was your age, my only goal was to touch a vagina. Right, but you didn't achieve that goal when you were his age. It took you. A I long didn't. Time it took later me a on. few years. But seriously, what this kid should be working on. I don't know what he looks like. If he's ugly, he should be playing a musical instrument. Because that gets you pussy. I don't think it's that hard. I think just find a pathetic woman or girl, <laughs> as the case may be. That's what I always never did in high school, which or middle school, which I should have done. I should have been taking the opportunities that were there and not been lusting after the you know most popular cheerleader in the fucking school. Actually, you know, you bring up a good point. Math mobility. Not every guy is gonna fucking make him fox. Right. That's that's not I'm gonna not- happen. You know, neither am I. So it's like, you know what? Set your standards low and you're going to get laid. And those guys that are... Not low, just achievable. Achievable. Those guys who are ridiculing you, they're not getting any ass. Yeah, yeah. So fuck them. Fuck them in the air. Fuck them in the other air. Sons of bitches. Don't substitute the air for the vagina. (laughs) It's a metaphor. All I'm saying is go to OzFest and then get some pussy. That should be your goals. You could probably get a chance to touch a titty at OzFest. Dude, you know, it's like... Not vagina is a little much of a stretch, but he could probably touch a boob at Dawes Fest if he, you know, 
meets an, uh, a rocker chick and the, his age, and they're both having a good time, and you know, go out behind the outhouse, the Porta John, and you know, second base. That's they, good, dude. There's a lot of sluts at Ozfest. <laughs> Seriously, that, that's where they go. Don't go for the forty year old ones, though. Okay, those are outside of your acceptable range. Exactly. So there you go. Get some ass, math mobility. One more email here came from Daniel from the UK. He says, hey, uh, my name's Daniel. I'm from the UK. I'm a new listener to the podcast. I've listened to all your previous shows and I've just caught up, so I decided to send an email. Awesome show. Great job there, buddy. I hope you read this out and see this video I'm linking to you. Don't know if you've seen it before, but it's sick and wrong. It happens about 27 minutes into the video. I actually posted this video on the forum. So people, you can go... I think it's in the general listener thread, and I think I called it, I called it anal prolapse fun time. <laughs> but if you uh, fast forward 27 minutes into the video, uh, you see this woman who's getting it in the ass, and then her asshole completely pops out. When nope. you say completely, I mean, are we talking about feet of colon? Dude, it's like, no, it's like a six-inch red sock that comes out. And Pink sock. No one even reacts when it does. No, it's red. And, and when it, and that's the, the, the interesting thing about this, uh, the, the amazing thing about this porn clip is the fact that two dudes are double penetrating this girl at the same time. Mm-hmm. The guy's dick slips out of her um, asshole, and that's when her ass comes out, like in a prolapse. And the other guy just keeps plugging away, prolapse bouncing up and down. Everyone else is like, oh, look at that. There's your uh, tail hanging out. It's, I mean, it's disgusting. He's it's, a journeyman porn star. He just does his job and does it well. But but she's not even phased by it. <laughs> you'd, you'd think she would feel it. It'd be painful. And that's what he says. No one reacts like it's a normal thing. You gotta see it. Here's the link. So I posted the link on the forum. People, you have to join the forum to go check it out. Do you pull on her tongue and it goes back in? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know how you'd push that back in. He mentions on the last podcast you're wondering what name people from the UK use. Like UK, England, Britain, etc. Well, definitely not England because not everyone from the UK are from England. And as you can see, I keep saying UK, so UK is probably a good one. Britain's also okay. We have so many different names because we are so great. Haha, ha, America has a few different names too, but we're the two best countries in the world. Well, except for Japan. It wins. No. Uh, I, I have might no respect this... for Japan. You don't like Japan at all? No, they're all fucked in the head. Yeah, they make some damn good porno. Yeah, but it's like the most homogeneous, xenophobic society on the planet. But would you and agree? There's so, and all their fucking rules and etiquette and all oh, dishonor. Fuck that. But so, so are you saying, but I mean, do you think it's presumptuous to say the U.S. and the U.K. are the best two countries in the world? That's presumptuous, but I'm not going to buy into his whole that Japan is the best. Fuck that. I don't know. I kind of dig Amsterdam. <laughs> it might be me. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fine. But no, you know, I like where you're going with that. So in the future, we're going to refer to the U.K. as U.K. UK, that's it. United Kingdom. And UK. can I include Ireland in that or not? That's a separate country. No, I think UK is everything. I think I don't it's all think encompassing. So. Northern Ireland is UK, but Ireland proper is not the same country. So I got to remember that. If I can just, I can keep that straight, I'll be good. Now I know UK is this, and then there's Ireland. Okay, fine. Dude, I'm going to put them England, all under I'm the umbrella out. of UK. Great Britain, I'm throwing out UK and Ireland. I still think I'm going to call it Limey Land. Just because it just works. <laughs> I think I am, too. Yeah. So I, I think it's limey land for me. Sure. But uh, thank you, uh, Daniel, for clearing that up. People, you can send an email to Sick and Wrong Podcast at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. I want to say a big thank you to Sergi, a fan who sent us probably one of the most 
unusual gifts I think we've ever received. Self-made gift? <laughs> yeah, it's like a golden spiked dildo. What? It's about 11 inches long. Um, it's golden, as you said. It has, I would call them thorns. Sort of. Yeah, it's thorns, I'd say. Thorns on it. So Sergi writes in here, he says, Dear Seek and Wrong, I am thanking you so much for fantastic podcasts. You are very best, good and funny boys. I have make you really special and fairly sick sculpture from porcelains. So apparently that's made out of porcelain. Great. <laughs> you feel very special when you have nice sit on it. Other one is for you to hang dirty washing cloth when you finish with having sexy times. Uh, you have Sergi laugh and having many crazy ideas. I'm thinking calling Sick and Wrong Hotline, but must get going to Costco for best, cheapest vodka, first for drunken calling. <laughs> uh, you are a big fan, Sergi. And what he's referring to is he also sent like another tiny little penis like handle or doorknob or something. Yeah, I mean, I think one, he sent the Wackerly cock. And then he sent the, the Simon cock. Okay, so mine's the big spiky no, huge no, cock. Is that what he's talking about? No. So you're the in, other you're, way. yours is the small one? No, the other way. Okay, so the other way around from that. So mine right. the, the big spiky one's mine. Um he says Damn he goes your logic. <laughs> Postscript, if you look under bright light, you will see tips are touched with twenty two karat gold luster. Too bad it's not showing up too good, but you know, Sergi's sparing no expense for you good boys. Your biggest fan, Sergi. Well, thank you, Sergi, for this unique gift. I, I, <laughs> It's quite unique. That's a good term. Yeah, you know, I don't know exactly... It's kind of frightening. ...what I'm going to do with it. I, I think women would be scared of that. Well, it's a giant dick, but then it's got these thorns on it, so it's, you know... I don't know what it's meant to attract or repel. It kind of reminds me of that like dildo-like device in the movie Seven. Remember that he right. killed the prostitute yeah. with the. It's gonna lust. cut somebody up if they ever try and use it. Yeah, I don't think it would feel good. But it, I mean, it looks really cool. You know. Um, if, yeah, I mean, I would put it on your dinner table. I mean, you know, the, that's that's the, that's the thing, and it makes like it's a talking piece. <laughs> You know, it's a, it's like you can have something like that and a people conversation pieces. It's not going to start talking. No, but I mean, it would make other people. <laughs> it would make other people start talking. Yeah, conversation. Yeah. Piece. So, uh, thank you, Sergi, for sending that in. And uh, yeah, we always uh, welcome gifts from people. I, I don't know what Maybe I'm. Maybe gonna... not too many more like that, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's the first dildo that I think anyone's ever sent me. It's not really a dildo because you, to use it would be the ultimate, you know, immediate death. It's more of a sculpture. Okay, it's the first willy sculpture I think I've ever received. That's what right. I'm going to say. And yeah, you could probably kill somebody with that. Yeah, true. Yeah, you might be able to. But uh, thank you anyway, Sergi. Um, people, if you haven't already, join the Sick and Wrong Forum. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. What do you think of the new theme? And the new colors, Waggly. Eh, it's all right. I kind of was. I was used to the old one, and now I'm just trying to get used to the new one. And I think I am used to the new one. So the yeah, it's biggest great. complaint about our form is that it was hard to read and caused 
blindness it was and like certain red adolescence. Test text on a saturated blue background and he dude i that. like the new one it reminds me of like gi joe the cartoon or something it's, it's got this <laughs> I, I like it i think it's i think it's really cool and you yeah, know big good. big up to die hard for uh, redoing the forum and hosting the forum the forum manager the forum manager so big up to die hard thank you for uh, taking care of the forum and people if you don't already know we have a sick and wrong logo contest going on right now you could submit your own sick and wrong design uh just submit it to the forum or send it via sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com and uh, we're probably gonna keep it going for another week we're gonna vote on the next on the best one and uh yeah there will be prizes so uh, yeah go submit your new sick and wrong logo i want to get serious for a moment here you know this show is not all about funny ha-has and laughter um, thank you, everybody out there, for subscribing into iTunes and giving us comments. That seriously is the best way to support the show and boost us up into the public eye. And the cheapest way. Yeah, no, it's the most cost-effective way. I mean, you don't have to buy anything. It's just go to the iTunes page. Actually, in fact, get everyone you know to go to the iTunes page, subscribe to the show, and give us a comment. Or at least give us like a positive rating. Yeah, your therapist, helps. your parole officer... The grocery lady that you buy groceries from. Yeah, just everybody. Everybody in your life. But we appreciate it. Thank you uh, for spreading the sickness. Also, just uh, just to let people know, I know there's some there's some angry people out there that have ordered t-shirts about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I sent the t-shirts out today. I finally got them from my printer who was uh, lagging a bit. But yeah, I sent them out today. And I printed about, I don't know, like around 50 more. So um, we're currently selling T-shirts again on the Sick and Wrong Store link right off the main page. Um, I want to thank you, uh, Robert, for sending in the Sick and Wrong vid of the week. Dude, you got to see this. He writes in, I was cruising 4chan this morning, and this made me think of you guys. (laughs) Dude, dude, this guy's great. He's like this ghetto progerian kid. You know yeah. those progerians that uh, the early onset aged. aging or whatever. Yeah, but this dude's ghetto. He's like all you haters and bitches. He's got this really. He sounds like one of the little rascals. It's amazing. <laughs> or Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, <laughs> go check it out on the uh, main page, sickandwrongpodcast.com. And finally, here the sick and wrong song of the week comes from Bud from Phoenix. He says, "Been listening for several months now, and I'm a noob to the board." Glad I signed up. You're all great fun. I was going to submit this song for Song of the Week, but figured I'd put it here as a little Easter egg for others to stumble onto instead. He actually did post up a thread on the forum. I took it from there because it's a great song. I'm into mashups and such, and this is one of my favorites. It's a free download from Booty USA, so here you go. Uh, The song is called Lobster Dust. It's fun to smoke dust. And it's a mashup. You got uh, Queen versus the Pastor Gary Greenwald versus Midfield Generals. All, um, all takes place in New York City. And yeah, a really cool song. So thank you, Bud, for saying that. And he writes, that's my music intro for everyone that gives a shit. Gotta go buy some rubbers and a dildo from Adam and Eve. Good man. Chat with you all soon. Cheers, Bud. So thank you, Bud, for sending in that song. And yeah, we're going to end the show with Lobster Dust. People will be back next week with episode 178. Till then. Take it sleazy. Good night. Because you're the devils, you're the demons, and you know that. Your music, rock and roll, is a satanic, is a satanic music. When they say you turn around, you make the music go back, and you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. You make the music go back, you make the music go back, you make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. 
Today's message is a solemn warning to all young people who listen to rock and roll and heavy metal music. Satan knows he only has a short time to deceive the earth, so he's using music as his antichrist tool to deceive the masses. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. And I'm finally beginning to unravel a bizarre and fiendish plot designed by Satan's antichrist system to corrupt pervert and ultimately enslave the youth of this generation. Another one bites the dust. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. Satan's satanic takeover of our youth through rock music. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. All rock music is dangerous. I want to tell you that today, even some of the mellow stuff that doesn't sound like it has anything in it that could be deceptive or even misleading. I started asking God, can you show me how he's doing it? I wanted to have proof positive. Now, Queen has a song called Another One Bites the Dust. We have the same reaction the first service. The kids went, oh no, not Queen. Not Another One Bites the Dust. Another One Bites the Dust. All rock music is dangerous. Another One Bites the Dust. I want you to know today that Satan has planted his lyrics in the music, and some of it is subliminal. If that means it's down at low decibel levels where you wouldn't hear it audibly as you play the music at the speed that you, or the high. Uh, sound levels that you would regularly play it. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. Satan has planted his lyrics in the music. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. There's another message going on below the surface. This is called subliminal programming. You make the music go back, you hear Satan speaking. But I want to say something. I don't believe that this particular masking was intentional. I think that this is something that Satan himself put into the music. Let's play it forwards. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Another one bust the dust, ow! Another one bust the dust, hey, hey! Another one bust the dust, hey! Okay, I'm going to play that for you backwards. It's the next cassette. We'll have to put a new cassette in. And on this next cassette, I want you to hear the secret message. It's over and over and over. It says, it's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. It's fun to smoke marijuana. You listen to it and tell me if it's not there. Let's play that. secret message was <laughs> it's fun to smoke marijuana it's fun to smoke marijuana it's fun to smoke marijuana now I'm gonna play that backwards for you once more for those of you that are skeptics I'm